Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. Well, this has been a crazy week. Every week's a crazy week, but I think this is one of the craziest worldwide. All kinds of things are happening um, in this country, especially with this political thing. So what I'm going to do tonight is I'm going to start in North Carolina, and you're not going to believe what I'm going to tell you about North Carolina. And then we're going to jump over to the Philippines, then to Turkey, and we're going to make a stop in Syria. And then we're coming back to the United States, and I'll be staying into the United States for the balance of the show. So let's begin with North Carolina. When I was growing up, and what I'm going to talk about now is things have become too socially correct, too politically correct. When I was growing up, boys were boys and girls were girls. And I had boyfriends, and as you got older, you had girlfriends. And girlfriends had girlfriends, and they had boyfriends. And my generation, because of my age, I'm 81, my generation, even to this day, I can remember, I'm in my 50s and 60s, and if it was girls' night out, my wife would say, I'm going out with the girls tonight. Uh, and I was going out, when I went out, I'd be with the boys. The boys are playing golf, uh, because that's the way it was. Well, we're not supposed to talk that way today, and I find it strange, uh, what can I tell you? Now, here's what's happening in North Carolina. North Carolina passed a law that in public schools, the terms boys and girls can no longer be used, you know, to say he's a boy, she's a girl. And the reason being, we have transgenders. This is what screwed everything up with the boy-girl thing. We now have transgender students, and they're... They may be a boy, they may be a girl, but we're not sure. We don't want to embarrass anyone. So they said the boys and girls henceforth will be referred to as students and scholars. Can you imagine I'm going out with the scholars tonight? Anyhow, that's what it is in North Carolina. And if a teacher screws up or the kid screws up, there's going to be penalties. There's penalties involved in this. Uh, Bad stuff. Now, I can understand we have to protect the transgenders. 3% of this country uh, are transgender persons. I, I read somewhere this past week, I think, that you can't appreciate the pain and suffering of a transgender person unless you have been parent to one. Uh, so they're, they, you know, they're part of our community. They're part of our lives in this country, and there's a significant number of them at 3%, and so we got to worry about them. But this is bullshit. You can't say boys and girls anymore. You've got to say students and scholars, and it bothers me. I don't know if it bothers you, but it bothers me extremely much. Which brings me now to the Philippines. Would you believe there is a Donald Trump in the Philippines? I swear to God, listen to what I'm going to share with you. He was just elected last May as president of the Philippines, Rodrigo Duarte, Rodrigo Duarte. This guy's a flaming nut. <laughs> All right. So far, he, he, he created his own secret police once he was elected, secret police. And he's had 1,500 people killed. Four of them were involved with drugs. He is very much anti-drugs. 
And he sends these people out, these secret police, to kill the drug dealers and to kill other people who he does not think are good for him or the country. And by the way, when these people are killed, they're not arrested and taken before a judge and get a trial. They're summarily executed on the spot. Would you believe that? No trial. They just kill you. That's the way it's going on over there right now. And uh, the rest of the people involved in drugs are scared. Don't blame them. Uh, and let me tell you how this guy talks. You, you think it's Donald Trump. Uh, he called the United States ambassador recently, and I quote, annoying homosexual son of a bitch, an annoying homosexual son of a bitch. Now, the United Nations is very upset with President Duarte because he's killing all these people. That's why our ambassador talked to him, by the way. And they're telling him, you know, this is a crime what you're doing under the laws that the United Nations follows, international law. We're going to have to do something about you. And he said, up yours, you went. Here's what he said. Quote, if, you, if you're a rude son of a bitch, we'll just leave you. The United Nations is a rude son of a bitch. We'll just leave you, quote, unquote. Again, for the United Nations, I don't give a shit about them. They are the ones causing, they are the ones interfering. I don't give a shit about the UN. They are the ones interfering. Now, with regard, because he's th he thinks he's being put upon and our country is a bad country, everybody picks on us. Uh, he said, and I quote, about the United States and black people and the police and everything else, which is a very bad reflection in our society. He said, I quote, the Americans are killing the black people there, shooting them down when they are already on the ground. If it's just two or three, it's still a human rights violation. So Trump, if he's elected, has a partner in crime in the Philippines, uh, would Trump do this here in the United States? Would he have a secret police? He's got to have some kind of a secret police. I mean, he's going he's to arrest 12 million uh, immigrants. How the hell do you arrest 12 million immigrants right away without having additional forces? And you violate some civil rights uh, rules along the way in laws. Uh, so he's got a partner in crime there if he were to be successful. Want to move on to Turkey. Terrible. You know what I'm going to say, talk about. Now, I'm talking about the child, 12 to 14 years old, in Turkey, the child suicide bomber had bombs wrapped around his body, went into a wedding reception. This is just last Saturday, all right? This is a child who was a suicide bomber. Besides the child being blown to bits, uh, they assume, because they can't find body parts, he was 12 to 14 years old, 51 people were killed, 69 wounded, about 14 of them seriously that were wounded. Uh, how, do they, how do they make this kid do it? What do they offer him? An ice cream cone, a lollipop? He can, can he understand what's going on in this country and worldwide? Can he, you know, if he was older, I could see it. He gets what, the 17 or 19 virgins when he dies? He's got it knocked, he's happy. But this kid can't understand that at that age. Uh, did he even know what he was doing? They just dress him up in the stuff and say, go in there and pull this. Don't worry about it. I don't know. Uh, but that's sick. It is sick to have a child act as a suicide bomber. May it never 
happen here. Okay, now we're going to go on to, I'm going to go with children again, another child. I'm going to talk about that boy that we've seen on TV for the last week or 10 days or so. Uh, A little boy in Syria, in Aleppo, where a lot of fighting's going on. And he was put in an ambulance with a series of orange uh, seats. He was a little kid. I'd say the kid can't be more than, I don't even think he was a grammar school, uh, kindergarten, four or five years old. And he, he was like out of it, but he was awake. He had red on one side of his head, but no blood was flowing out if you watched it, but it was red. And he sat there very quietly. A video was made uh, for two minutes. No one entered this ambulance, which had several other seats, and you could see on the video or in the pictures. Uh, and no one ran in to take care of him. No other people were put in the ambulance. What am I trying to say? Well, this is an Al-Qaeda thing, by the way. Though they think, but it may not be Al-Qaeda by the time I'm done here. Was this a stage situation or was it for real? You heard me, stage it or for real. Here's the story. Five-year-old boy, Omran Dagnish, okay? The photographer was Mohammed Raslan. Mohammed Raslan. He is the man that took the video from which the pictures were taken. The video went viral. It's been seen by 700,000 people worldwide. We've seen it on our news shows here in this country. And it shows the kid, as I described him, as you have seen him. Uh, No one knows. Why weren't there other photographers there? Other people being swiftly put into the ambulance in this war zone. It was obvious from the way the kid looked that he had been uh, in a bomb situation or something. Uh, why weren't there more photographers? Because an investigation has been made to determine the validity of the photograph. Uh, Muhammad Raslan, no one knows him. They can't find his name anyplace. They went on the internet and everything else. They can't find him. They searched for any other photographs he might have taken or videos worldwide on the Internet. They can't find any bearing his name. Uh, So there's suspicion here. They don't think there was blood on the kid's face because it wasn't running. It was like a solid thing. Uh, So what's this boiling down to? It's boiling down to this. If the bomb did this to this boy, this is terrible. I mean, this picture is as vivid as, what was it, Vietnam, the girl running down the street with no clothes on, the little girl yelling and screaming with her hands up in the air. Uh, it's as vivid as that. Or, or the, the soldier carrying a dead Vietnamese child in his arms, as vivid as that. Very touching. Uh, and if it's for real, then these people are pain in the ass over there in Syria, and this Syria problem has to be resolved. It's screwing up the whole world with the refugees and everything else. Besides, more than 100,000 people have been killed. 100,000 Syrians have been killed by Assad himself, the president of the Syrian people. And so if it's correct, why aren't we doing anything about it? That's the question that's raised. I'm not raising it, but that's the question out there that's raised. Why isn't the United States doing Nothing, not doing anything about Syria. Well, we have a problem in Syria, <laughs> okay? Putin, Putin and Russia have joined together with Syria against the rebels. 
It's Russia and the Syrians against the rebels. We have been Assad against Assad for years, absolutely a long time. And now the United States is going to join forces with Russia and Syria to defeat the rebels. Uh, wow, wouldn't that be something? And it's thought in some circles that this is going to happen shortly, that we're going to end up joining Russia uh, and Assad, who we've hated for years, and they try to depose him, uh, to put down the rebels. We're joining, we're going to become a team with Russia, who screwed up Ukraine, Crimea. Uh, wild, wild. If someone made this picture falsely, and this doesn't fit, it's suspected that it was either the U.K. or the United States, neither of whom are involved, both of whom are anti-Assad, and they did this to show, to make the Russians look bad and Assad work, look bad. On the other hand, two weeks later, it may be that the United States, though, is going to join forces uh, with Russia and Syria, and this photo means nothing. I hope I've made myself clear on this. It's not involved. This was a phony situation. This was not a hurt child. Uh, and that's the way it went. Now we're back in our country, the Pentagon. Yeah, we <laughs> we're supposed to be broke in this country. Uh, we are 1.8 trillion dollars in debt. 1.8 trillion dollars is astronomical mo money. At least that's what we're told. I can't even conceive of how many zeros that is. And it's, it's breaking our back, we're told, by, especially by the Republicans, economically. We've got to cut Social Security. Got to cut Medicare. Got to get rid of Obamacare. Uh, wow. Because we can't live with $1.8 trillion, and it's only going to go up and up and up. We've got to take steps to reduce it. I have said for several years, I've, I've done, I did back five, six years ago, I did a TV show on this that there is so much waste in government, if they just paid attention to the waste and took care of that, uh, the debt would take care of itself. Now, let me give you an example of the most recent debt, and it will blow your mind. For fiscal year 2015, this is this past year, the Pentagon cannot account for $6.5 million out of their budget. Six and a half trillion dollars. That's better than three times the national debt, which is 1.8 trillion. They can't account for six and a half trillion dollars of taxpayer money for one year. This is based upon the Inspector General's report that came out for 2015. The problem seems to be uh, the Pentagon says, gee whiz. We can't find the paperwork, the documentation that goes with this money. We're sure we spent it for defense, but we don't know where. Six and a half trillion dollars. Now, uh, you know, if you or I screwed up on our income tax and the amount might only be $3,000, or it could be 300000 which is small, minute in comparison to six and a half trillion dollars, the IRS would be on our ass immediately. You'd be under audit and so forth, okay? You don't have to be a Donald Trump to be audited. 
Little people are audited. In fact, if you look at the record, you will find in the last five years, more people making minimal monies have been audited rather than those making big dollars with big returns because the IRS does not have sufficient staff to go after the big guys, so they go after the little guys that are easy to get. That's the story there. No one seems to care about this $6.5 trillion. Uh, I care. I hope you care. Uh, again, it's more than the national debt, and this information's been available a couple of months. Uh, I just found it. I just came up with it. And nobody seems to care. $6.5 trillion, more than three times the national debt. Do you know if we could find that $6.5 trillion, most of it or some of it would probably go against the wipe out the national debt, okay? Our economy, our new economy. Our economy's in better shape than it was seven and a half years ago when Obama took office for the first time. We know that. You can't argue. You can hate Obama, but we were in such bad shape when he first took office. What was it, 10% unemployment? Now it's 4.8 or 4.9 which is a healthy number, always has been considered such. Uh, more people are working, many in the working class, most not making what they used to make, but at least they're working and making something. The rich have stayed rich, but the economy is in better shape. The problem is the fallout from the quality of the economy today is only affecting the rich, that 1% is not affecting the 99%. In any event, on the numbers, it looks like the economy is good. The economy is measured by many things in this country. Uh, two, are, two of the items are new house sales, home sales, it could be a used house, home sales, and durable goods. The numbers came out for new house sales for the month of July this week. For the month of July, new house sales in the United States were the highest they have been for any month since October 2007. Since October 2007, this is the highest that new house sales have been. That's wild, boy. Why is it like this? They say it's because the interest rates are low. People like to borrow money at a low interest rate. And there just are not enough houses to go around. Uh, I wasn't aware of this. There are not enough houses to go around to satisfy the people who want to buy new homes. On Thursday of this week, in two days, the numbers are going to come out on durable goods. If the durable goods number is as good as, or just plain good as the new house sales, uh, we're in pretty good shape economically by the standards that the economists use. Now, let's talk about federal prisons. I I've written about this. I got to say it when it's happened. I've been doing this now for 10, 12 years. I have, I did a TV show on this too. I, I did a, a blog talk radio show, this show on it also. I've written about it several times. Uh, we're into private prisons in this country. I've been into this for four or five years, private prisons. The, it's, it was determined by some people who were smarter than everyone else that the government could save money by contracting with a private company to operate the jails. Well, it hasn't worked, and the federal government is recognizing it, and it's about time they're doing something about it. The federal government announced last week, I think it was Thursday or Friday, we're not doing business anymore, private prisons were, were 
terminating our contracts as quickly as we can. Why? Well, there's a lot of reasons. One, they become debtor prisons. Uh, You're not supposed to go to jail because you're broke. You're supposed to go to jail because you commit a crime. What happens is bail is set. All right? Bail is set. If you pay, you have no problem. You don't go to jail. The purpose of bail is to keep you out of jail because at the time bail is set, it is determined that you are presumed to be innocent. If you can't pay it, the judge turns this over to the private prison people because they run the bail part, and they make an arrangement with you to pay over a period of time. If you fail to make a monthly payment, for example, you are immediately put in jail. You are immediately put in jail. They don't have to go back to the judge, the private prison. They do it on their own, the private prison company, company, okay? And the other problem is the prisoners pay for everything. Under the system with the private prisons and the contracts, (laughs) the judges pay, his staff salary pay for the time this man's in court, the paperwork, all that is no longer the headache of the community, the municipality. The private prisons charge that off to the prisoner. And if he doesn't pay that as he's going along, his time in jail is extended. Now, how can he pay off this debt if he is in jail and not working. Simple, okay? So they pay for the court costs. They pay for their room and board. They pay for their jail cell. They pay for their bed. Certain dollars are allocated for all of these items. The courts love this. The judges love it because the responsibility for all of this and the headaches for all of this are taken off their shoulders. What, What has happened? We've had graft. 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 Judges, and several judges have been convicted in the United States of this. I started on this four or five years ago when the first two judges were convicted in New Jersey. The judges are taking bribes from the private prison companies to send people to jail instead of releasing them, putting them on probation, and so forth. For every person that goes to jail, certain judges... Not a lot, but there have been, have taken a kickback. In the millions, it turns out to be. And they're doing 20 or several of these these former judges. The medical they get in prison is supposed to be the best. Absolutely. Supreme Court said this three years ago. The best medicine uh, prisoners get, especially in federal courts, the medical attention is poor in these private prisons. And anything they get is added on to the bill of the prisoner. You know, he might go in there owing $300 in bail. In order to get out, it might cost him twelve or 15000 because of everything that happens in between. Uh, the interest on all this stuff, and he can't pay for his board when it comes up, his room and board, et cetera, et cetera. This is an abuse big time. Uh, the federal government's finally recognized it. And they've said, up yours, no more. The two major private prison companies in the United States on Friday, their stocks, these are public trading companies, they made a lot of, they made millions or billions of dollars for their shareholders, dropped dramatically, dramatically, and deservedly so. Because one of the worst things that's ever happened, worst things that's ever happened in this country, the way people have been put in jail over the period of the last 10 years, is finally recognized and something is being done about it. Now, I want to talk quickly about, uh, oh, I got a lot of stuff here and I only got five minutes. 
the problem that's coming up is why wasn't on TV, on the news, in the papers, etc. Why was this kept from us? Because this is bad shit. Excuse the way I put it. In Milwaukee last week, where they're having all this trouble, Black Lives Matter supporters were chanting Black Lives Matter, and they were also chanting, hurt white people, hurt white people. And what did they do? They shot an 18-year-old in the neck. Okay, that's my show for the week. Uh, hope you enjoyed it. Uh, some, I hope, I trust some of what I spoke, to, uh, shared with you, uh, you found interesting. Uh, I enjoy doing the show. I say this every week. I enjoy you listening in. It's interesting how um, the following to the show uh, is growing. Uh, not only do I have advertisers, as you know, which shocks me. We've only been on the air two years. Now I'm getting comments. People are writing in to me and saying, I like this, I don't like that. If you want to comment, comment. I'd be happy to hear from you, good, bad, or indifferent. Uh, I do a blog. I write a blog every morning. It's keywestlu.com. Keywestlu.com. You may want to read it. A little politics, a little social stuff, a lot of Key West life. Dancing, drinking, all that kind of crazy stuff. Why people come to Key West. Would be pleased if you would read it. Uh, the show is archived. Most of you listen to it archived on Blog Talk Radio, YouTube, and it's linked to Key West Lou. Again, thank you for joining me. I look forward to being with you next week.